You hear that meandering tune, and you know it's time for Generation Tech. Welcome. I'm Todd Brinker. I am joined by the other generation, my dad, Jack. How are you today? I'm just doing fine, Todd. Yeah. We had a little yeah. fun walk down memory lane here before we uh, before we started yeah. the show. I uh, found a... Um, an article, uh, a list, which is very common on BuzzFeed. It's 55 things that literally everyone used to have in their homes 30 years ago. And I would say some of this was 30 to, to 50 or even 60 years ago. Some of it was mm-hmm. pretty old. Uh, but we recognized virtually all of it. If we didn't have it, we knew somebody who did, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was yeah. fun. Everything from the old, uh, you know, telephone on the wall to the fact that everybody had a list of all their important phone numbers sitting right next to the telephone <laughs> written down in some sort of book. Uh, you know, the old Coleman gallon jug that would break out for, uh, for, uh, water or lemonade. I remember you making lemonade because we had a lemon tree in New Mexico and you would make, oh, yeah. when we had lemons, you'd make fresh lemonade in that. That was good in the summer. Well, it's, You'd keep it cool for a while anyway. Yeah. Sit down on the patio or whatever. Yeah. I don't think it's as good as today's, like, um, you know, Yeti coolers and stuff that'll keep things yeah. cold for a couple of days. But it, it now was they better seem than... to, Now they just seem to make big cups with yeah. coolers on them. And yeah, so exactly. Instead of yeah. having it in a pitcher, just keep it in a cup, you know? Yeah, yeah. Give carry, me a big one. <laughs> carry around a 40-ounce cup, and then you never have to ask for a refill, right? right. So don't have to worry about getting dehydrated, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. Um my daughters both have gotten these big giant Coleman cups that they carry around and then they got accessories for them. So like they've got this like kit that snaps into it so that it's totally leak proof. So the straw that comes out of the top doesn't leak. You know, you can flip it upside down and stuff. And then because the thing's so big, they got this like strap carrier thing that goes over your shoulders. You can like carry it like a purse. Mm-hmm. And and on the side of it, it's got a pocket so you can put your phone and a wallet in there so you can use it like a purse. And I'm like, holy moly, this thing's like uh, uh, quite the the contraption now. Yeah. But uh, they both swear by it in terms of like uh, how long it keeps things cold. They say, you know, like uh, my, one of my daughters, she she. In her, you know, she travels throughout the day to go to different clients' houses and stuff, and so she keeps this thing in her car throughout the day. And even in the heat of summer, she says she gets back to the car and it's ice cold, so she can sip on her drink all day long. Yep. Uh, you know, so she fills it up with water and ice in the morning. And uh, you know, most most of the uh, insulated cups today aren't really insulated; they're just uh, vacuum, aren't they? Um, well, some of them, I think, have the, um, you know, just have like a, an air layer between. But I think there's some really top-end ones that, you know, are, these are 30 and $40 cups, uh, and, and they are very insulated. You know, they'll they'll keep that. Uh, like, I've got a cooler that you, we can put ice in, and it'll stay, you know, we can op- open it to get drinks in and out for three days. There'll still be ice in there. I mean, yeah. it's it's they're just really well well made. I think part of it also is is that they've learned to make really good seals. In fact, the one my, the cooler I'm referring to, it's so good that that like if it gets hot outside, the difference in the temperature, the thing actually like creates a vacuum inside, and you can't get the lid open. <laughs> it's stuck. Uh, I have to carry around something to pry it to break the seal so that I can get it open to get a drink. Uh, um, you know, especially like I said on a hot day. It's uh, yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, I mean, for something that doesn't doesn't have to be plugged in or anything and could keep the cold inside on a, on a, you know, in a car when it's, you know, 100 and 
25 degrees in the car and you go back to your cooler, open it up and still got cold drinks in there for a couple days. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, know, especially if you're going on a road trip. So, well, it seemed to me that uh, a long time ago they should have put uh, both heater or cooler or maybe both in the uh, arm of a car yeah. you know, so that you, you could and, and and make it for can size or something so that you could actually, mm-hmm. you know, just get one at a time without popping it open and letting yeah. hot air all come in. Yeah, grab, you know, stick a six-pack in there. I think especially some of the larger trucks and stuff, I think, have done that, SUVs, that that's an option on some vehicles. But uh, but the the cooling and heating capabilities have always been limited. I would think with electric cars now and a much uh, higher power source available to them that that would become a thing. I know that, like, with Teslas, um, you can put your car in dog mode, which means that even if you're not driving, it keeps the interior reasonably comfortable so that you can leave a pet in there while you go in to grab a meal or something, oh, yeah. you know, even on a hot day, because again, they've so, got this big giant battery but, but, to run everything. But I can see somebody walking down the sidewalk on a hot day and seeing a dog in the car and they'll break your window. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Thinking that they're saving this poor animal and, and, and you come out screaming at them going, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, when they do dog mode, they need to have like signage on the car that pops lights up and says, you know, the interior is cool. You know, I think if I had a Tesla and I were using that, I would probably print up and laminate a card that I would stick in the window saying the inside is is comfortable. The car is in dog mode and cooling, you know, Don't tell them dog mode. They won't know what it means. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, in these ways, these days, depending on the breed of your dog, there'd be bozos breaking in to steal the dog. I mean, it's just, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> these days, kids, I tell you. <laughs> so. So, um, we got a, a pretty good list of stuff here. A um, lot of interesting new technology. I've, I've covered mm-hmm. that, uh, the, women's dress that changes dynamically uh like a television set almost uh a couple spots but why don't we just talk about it now the fact that you can have electronic panels basically of different sizes to to uh that can be turned Uh on and create patterns on your dress and have or or even dynamic and just keep moving you know moving patterns yeah, this is their uh, Project Prometheus, and it's um, uh, the concept is that uh, yeah, like they've got a um, you know we've we've talked about before uh, you know the idea of having a rollable screen and bendable screens are our thing now, and that's mm-hmm. all because of OLED technology, which you can put you know the organic LEDs onto almost any surface and including different materials. So uh, you these, know, anyway, these. Uh, segments sort of look like mirrors almost on the dress and they're yeah. fairly, fairly large uh, pieces that can in- individually be changed. Yeah, yeah. These look like they're maybe like uh, inch by inch square or three quarters of an inch by three quarters of an inch square. And they um, just changed them from uh, from a shiny to a gray uh, yeah, off, yeah. off color so it's not like yeah, you they're know, kind of like a gray, gray colors. to a white. Yeah, <laughs> so you can change patterns, but you're not really changing colors and stuff. But you know, once they get that, they'll be able to make that those smaller, and they'll be able to make the um, the uh, the displays 
multicolored and do more things with them. But I think yeah. the idea is that it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's pretty, um, phenomenal, I think, you know. It's, it's only for, uh, occasional dress ups because it's not the kind of dress you're going to send to a dry cleaners or there's no yeah. good way to deal with that other than maybe polish the glass. Or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I realistically almost need to wear something underneath it so that you don't sweat on it. Otherwise, it's going to become disgusting pretty quickly. And, and but, they, they've only put the mm-hmm. uh, those panels on the front of the dress. Oh, did uh, they? At this point, yeah, because they in the video you can see them turn sideways and they mm-hmm. didn't have them on the back. But anyway, uh, so if you're sitting at a meal or something, you, you would want mm-hmm. to keep from dropping a drink on your, your lap, you yeah. might get electrocuted. <laughs> well, and, you know, they show the, the model standing, you know, tall and, and, and not bending or doing anything. So, I, you know, there's probably limited motion and flexibility in it as it currently exists. But uh, but the concept is very cool, and you can see that it's it's something that, uh, that you know, has – has legs to so to speak i think that we will see this uh go forward you know in lots of different ways i can see people you know wearing a baseball cap and you know how like the front two panels or three panels of a baseball cap are sometimes material and the backside is mesh i can see people doing that and then you know being able to put um you know uh change the the uh the you know the the pattern and, and putting um, you know words and things up there and so yeah it, it'll be something I, I it'll it remains to be seen if it's something that that will be like ooh everybody wants to have one of these or if it's a wow that's kind of cool okay I'm done <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so, uh, you know is it is yeah. going to be like the list of fifty five cool things that uh, eventually fade away? Or is it going to be something that sticks with us, like a jar of peanut butter? You know, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I just noticed that I have yeah. this thing that fills up the, you know, as I speak, it talks. It, uh, it's transcribing you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I got that going and I can't figure out how You've, to turn it off. I know? swear every week you do that somehow. I don't know what it is you're doing that gets things transcribing, but that's weird. Oh. So it's funny. I mentioned peanut butter and, and I'm reminded that peanut butter is pretty much a, uh, an, an American phenomenon though, too, because, uh, you've had exchange students from Europe and from, uh, Brazil and they pretty universally hate peanut butter. <laughs> it's not yeah. something that they grew up with and it's pretty awful. Although I will say, uh, our, our, your Brazilian exchange student didn't hate it as much as he hated, uh, uh, baked beans because sweet beans <laughs> was just an anthema to him. He was like, no, <laughs> spitting them and coughing and, and, and going just stunned in disbelief that they would be sweet beans. Yeah. <laughs> After he had filled his plate with a whole bunch of beans because he loves beans because that's what he grew up eating a lot of. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Mm-hmm. Not for him, but for us, it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was really shocked. That was pretty funny. Wow. So, yeah, I, I think it's a cool idea. You know, like I said, I don't know that I would ever want a shirt or a pair of pants that did something like that. But if I, I could see wearing like a baseball cap and having it, you know, set to change patterns like every, you know, 30 seconds or something just to change being a conversation piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a 
interesting. And, you know, mm-hmm. since you can do it on materials, then you can say, well, you could hang these materials on the wall, you know. And oh, yeah. As, a, as an artsy kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I'm waiting for the day where, um, where rather than buying a television, it's basically just painted onto your wall and you can then create a window for actually like viewing television, uh, whatever size you want on that wall. And then the rest of the wall, you can put patterns and things on and you can change those patterns to your heart's content. You know, yeah. I can see that mm-hmm. coming, especially if you're, you're, um, you know, running your house through, um, like solar that you're generating, so you're not, it's not costing you a lot of money. Or if they use a, uh, a more advanced, uh, version of like the e-ink, so, you know, the only time you're using power is when you change it and then it just sits there. Yeah. <clears throat> Damn. Excuse me. I'm... Yeah. Uh, can't, <clears throat> can't clear my throat for some reason. It's a horse that just yeah. Call, you know. uh, it's 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 clearly bothering you. Your voice sounds fine though, so it's <clears throat> not it's not like you're talking like this or anything. Okay, so. well it's it's just kind of a fuzzy tickle. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, uh, another thing that I discovered this morning is Android folks seem to have a malware problem. It's almost mm-hmm. like going back to Windows or something. You're gonna have yeah. to load in your screens or your device saver or something from Trojan horses. Yeah, you're gonna have to have to load up a uh, a antivirus software on your phone, right? But you'd think that somebody, <laughs> if they're downloading it, would see the name Spy Note and say, "Hmm, I wonder if I want that on my device." <laughs> yeah, well, I suspect Spy Note is the name of of the malware, but that it's not. Uh, you know, it's in apps that sound. Interesting and fun, right? It's not in apps that sound like I'm going to steal all of your information. Yeah. Well, let's face it. If you live in the Android world, people have all your information anyway. <laughs> you know? yeah. Whereas if you live in the Mac or the, the Apple world, Apple has all your information, but not everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So it's just who do you want to have your information, right? But uh, Spy Note, the scary thing is, is that it seems like it's been designed to um, access not only what's on your screen, but also your camera and microphone. So it can listen to conversations and and see where you're at and, and what's going on. Um, and that's just beyond creepy. Um, yeah. You know, it's the paranoia that everybody has about the phones, but we sort of, you know, refuse to let it come to the forefront because if it did, we'd never take our phone out of the box. Um, you know, I know somebody who basically has like a little, um, sort of like velvet bag, like a thing that he slips his phone into and he puts it in his pocket because he doesn't want it to get all scuffed up and he doesn't like wearing it, using a case on his phone. Uh, yeah. but when he takes his phone out of his pocket, he leaves it in that bag all the time, which at least would block the camera. It wouldn't necessarily block the microphones. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that there's a, uh, you know, easy way around this other than, you know, don't buy an Android phone by the competitor. But, you know, it's like I said, it's, it's not like nobody knows anything that happens on that phone either. I mean, Apple is better than, than the hundreds of companies that have access to all of your information on an Android phone because they don't make any effort to block it. But the, uh, uh, but that you know that means Apple has it, you know. Now, yeah. Apple does do things where they say, um, 
you know, we don't keep any of that information. We don't, you know, we don't track it or, or they do, uh, what was it? The differential, um, uh, they, they can't remember the term. There was something differential, something or another, but it was like they, they amalgamate information of multiple phones so they can't track it back to you specifically, but they do know how phones are being used and then they use that general information to help them decide how to make changes in, in the functionality of the phone. Yeah. Is essentially what it is. But they're also, and, and, you know, they'll say they don't, you know, sell advertising, but they advertise their own stuff. And there's a lot of ads on, on Apple stuff now. And it's really kind of irritating. You know, I mean, I pay a premium price for a premium product and premium products don't sell crap to me all the time. Uh, if I see one more stupid ad for Messi and Major League Soccer in the United States on an Apple product, I'm going to throw it somewhere because they have just been pushing that and pushing that and pushing that. And I don't care about Messi. I don't care about Major League Soccer. <laughs> I'm tired of seeing it. I don't want it on my screens ever anywhere at all. And yet you can't turn on an Apple TV without having to scroll through to get yeah. past all of these crap about you know, messy and, the, and they've even done a documentary about messy in America. And, and I, I don't want it. I don't care. Yeah. I, I got on the, I was watching TV the other day and I started getting that they were advertising the, the special. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's like they're, they're part of the way through the season. So now, now it's like only $25. You can buy a package and watch all of the major league soccer games. It's like, great. I don't want to watch any of the major league soccer games. Can I pay you $25 to get rid of all the ads for the major league soccer games? Well, see, they, they were even advertising on the other uh, TV programs that had football games on. Mm-hmm. They thought, you know, somebody likes sports. Ah, sure. They'll want to come watch sure. my sports. I'm sure they get a fairly easy <clears throat> conversion rate there. You know, but I, um, you know, and, and I think you and I talked about it briefly last week, you know, there's, uh, you know, my generation is sort of the first generation in America that grew up where soccer was an available option, right? The, the, the invention of the soccer mom as a term came yep. of, came of, of, uh, age because kids my age and, and slightly younger were out playing soccer and that was an option. You know, it wasn't just baseball, basketball and football. Um, yep. And that's great. It's a great sport. I get it. I'm not interested in watching Major League Soccer. I could care less about Lionel Messi. Um, yeah. You know, and and it's just annoying that when I go to find something on a service that I pay for, that I have to scroll through a whole bunch of ads for something that I don't want, don't have any interest in, and will never watch or pay for. Yep. You know, and and there's no way for me to just say stop. Go show me something else, you know, or how about don't show me any more ads. I'm paying you to use this service already. I don't need uh-huh. you to advertise to me. But, you know, you got to stop paying, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, I had three different devices refuse to play Netflix the other day, and I was ready to say screw it. They're the most expensive service that I have by an order of, I mean, not an order of magnitude, but by, by three to five times. They're the most expensive service that I pay for. And my family watches some Netflix stuff. I don't watch that much, and quite frankly, I have enough stuff from other places that if I didn't have Netflix, I wouldn't miss it all that much. Um, but, uh, and so I was ready to just shut it off. I was irritated. You know, when you go to an app and it suddenly, or every time you log in, it says, or every time you go to use it, it says, no, you have to log in again. You have to log yeah. in again. Well, Netflix has been going through this purge because people have been sharing their stupid Netflix account with other people. And there's, you go online and find people's passwords. And, and so Netflix, uh, started, um, uh, 
cracking down on that. And I, I don't blame them for saying, hey, you know, we we have a service. And if you want to use it, pay for it. Don't just share your passwords. Um, but you can't do that in such a way that makes it so obnoxious for the people who are already paying for it that it's, uh, you know, something that, that makes their service almost unusable. Again, it's like the stupid ads. It's like I'm paying you. I'm already paying you. Why are you making my life miserable by making me, you know, re-log in every time I want to watch something on your service? It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, because then I have to go look up the password and type it in because, I don't, you know, it's not a simple thing and it's not a simple password. It's not something I can easily remember. Although I'll tell you what, I'm about ready to just all of my streaming services use one password. And if somebody get, figures out what it is, I don't care. You know, no skin off my nose, Uh, you know, although I'm sure that's the attitude that that caused them to start freaking out and having problems. I read the other day that the um, Netflix people, after cracking down, have seen like a a fairly large increase in subscriptions in the last quarter as they started cracking down on people sharing their passwords. So apparently it's working and they're getting people who have been basically cheating the system and getting it for free to start paying. So, you know, good for them. That means they'll be around for a while. Maybe they could, you know, chill a little bit on their on their uh, behavior, right? Because <laughs> it's really irritating. Yeah. Well, I, I wish they'd get on with a with a new whether whatever they call it passport thing or something that mm. they're supposed to come with. But so I we have, don't have to remember passwords. Passcodes. But, but I haven't seen anything really happen other than now Google apparently when you. Sign into Google. Why they they immediately offer to have you uh, automatically log log in with a passcode. Yeah, with a passcode. Yeah, I don't know. The one place that I found a passcode that I guess I I don't even I'm not quite sure how it happened, but it was with the uh, NFL app. And the next time I tried to log in, it didn't know who the heck I was and how to get in, and I had to do then have them send me an email so I could change my password and change my contact email. It was just like it was a. a it took me ten minutes to figure out how to get into the stupid app because somehow it thought that I had a passcode, but the passcode that was saved on my device didn't wasn't the right one, and it wouldn't let me in. So, yeah, yeah. passcodes were at least my first experience with passcodes was a flop. So we'll see. Anyway, uh, there's a considerable effort to force people in the future into electric cars, even though they can't afford them or don't want them or whatever. Uh, and uh, apparently uh, they're trying to to uh, pass some legislation or demand that you have some average fuel economy that's not mm-hmm. achievable by anything other than electrics. Uh, or pa- apparently... Uh, I guess the debate's going on as to whether they'll will accept uh, the, uh, the hybrid, you know, because they get over mm-hmm. fifty or something. So it's just a matter of how high do they go. Well, a lot of it's how you calculate it. Now realize the source of this is Fox News, so take that for what it's what it's worth. Some people will, yeah. you know, think that's great, and other people will discount that because of the source. But the uh, there's no doubt there's been a, a, a push and, you know, the idea that the government should be pushing one technology, I think, is a mistake. They should be pushing standards. But the problem is, how do you calculate those standards? You know, they'll say that a, a an electric car gets the equivalent of 100 yeah. miles to the gallon or something like that. And it's like, 
Well, what are is, you? What are does you, that mean? Exactly. <laughs> are are you counting all the tons of pollution that are created by the generation of the electricity that this this thing's now using? You know, yeah. I mean, I, the idea that we could, you know. Put all of our elect, you know, our our energy generation into a single spot, so that we can then control and work on controlling the emissions from that single spot, whether it be through coal burning or through oil burning or through nuclear or through solar or through you know whatever. Um, it probably makes sense rather than trying to trust that that millions of Americans are you know on top of making sure that their car is not a gross polluter, but um, you know. It's uh, the the technology but, but the is. Thing, but the other thing is, is that uh, what are they going to do about the other competing technologies? Like, I think ammonia just might have a, a market here before too long, too. I've not read about ammonia as a an energy source. Well, there, there's the ammonia driven cars, and uh, they they take liquid ammonia. And they run on cat pee. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but uh, that's the, apparently Ford has a, a hmm. version as well as Toyota, uh, you know, and and there's a number of them like that 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 they're out there, yeah, running around test tracks and stuff now and trying to make them better. Yeah, but they're not, you know, people are guessing about when these will be introduced. Sure, sure. Will will or will yeah. not? But yeah, you know, the yeah. fact is is that all of the car makers know that uh, the Current trend of one thing, electric, uh, is, is unobtainable. Unobtainable. You're going to run out of resources to to do batteries without changing to something else. And uh, yeah, yeah, they use limited resources, just like like gas cars are using limited resources. So yeah. we need to decide, you know, what's the 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 best happy medium there, right? You yeah. Know, Toyota sells in Southern California. A, uh, a hydrogen fuel cell car. They don't sell it anywhere else because here they they have the infrastructure for it to get refueled. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, you know it's a zero emissions car too. So who says that the batteries have to be you know lithium ion batteries? You can store your energy in lots of different ways within yeah, the see, vehicle as well. So, but if you live in a state that doesn't have enough, enough electricity right now, like California or Texas, why do we, why do you want to add more load? to that system mm-hmm. to break it down because everything depends on it, you know? A lot of other things yeah. that could be lost as a consequence. Yeah. And so infrastructure isn't growing to support an increased electric environment. So that's that's a big gotcha. And government's supposed to be responsible for that, and they're not doing the doing their share. Yeah. You know? So it, it, it's, it's, it's one thing to push a system solution and another one to just push a partial solution like the car thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's all out of balance right now, and it's not the way to do things because you're going to just make people angry and upset after spending a lot of money to try to be, uh, uh, you know, not be contentious and, and follow the path, but the path puts them in a hole, you know. Yeah. So it, it's it's getting to be where uh, a lot of people just don't know what to do. And uh well, I mean, you know, this is also affecting new cars. Most people will buy and continue to use old cars that run gas for a long time. Yep. You know, uh, not everybody goes out and buys a new car, you know, and they certainly don't do it every year. It's a, a, uh, 
You know, At least a 10-year proposition for most people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a fair number of people who lease cars, and so they're in a new vehicle every, what, probably two to three years. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, then there's a whole bunch of people who say, hey, there, we, I can go buy a leased car cheap. And so <laughs> that's what they're buying. And then they keep those, like you said, for a decade or so. Um, and I think that's probably uh, the majority of people is buying, you know, used vehicles. Um, but... Uh, you know, it's well, it's, and that's uh, and that's and that's that works against electrics because nobody wants to use electric because you, pretty soon you'll have to replace the battery. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, the the repairs are you know it's one thing to have to rebuild an engine in an, in an old car, uh, but to replace the batteries in an old car is is you know half the cost of the car. Yeah, or more. I was going to say like seventy percent of the cost of the car. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's not a cheap thing to. To go out and uh, replace the battery systems in these things, and uh, and quite frankly, I'm not even sure that all of the uh, manufacturers are really even set up to to do that. You know, they they're the most of the battery cars that are out there are, are relatively new still. You know, and yeah. so I you know I don't know if I have a a, a first generation Tesla Model S and I need new batteries. You know. I, does Tesla have a, a program where I can bring it in and they put a new battery in? I know at one point in time they had talked about doing a battery swap as a way to get energy into the you know into the into a into your vehicle faster than sitting and waiting for it to charge. Yeah, you know, so they must have designed the vehicles so that it's relatively easy to swap out the batteries. But I don't know the specifics well, of that. And in most cars, it's easier just to swap out the chassis. You know, because the last thing is to drop the the uh, actual car down onto this chassis, which is some wheels with a battery in the middle. <laughs> so, well, it depends on the design of the, you know, the, the way it was engineered. I mean, uh, as I understood, the battery module was, you know, originally designed on the on the original Teslas, the, the Model S's, to come out pretty quickly and easily with, you know, some fairly large but a uh, few number of bolts. That. Well, that that's one place where I think that GM got it right more than anybody else. They have a pop-off front and a pop-off back, yeah. and in the middle is the battery. Yeah, they had a had a the the the, the rolling sled model of of yeah. design so that you could then put different bodies on top of that. But I don't think that was designed to make changes after manufacture. That was just a manufacturing design. It wasn't designed to like, hey, I'm tired of driving a sedan. Let's pop that body off and I'll pay to have them pop a new body on. I don't think that was ever part of the plan. Well, I've seen a video where they, they've actually done that, taken it in the shop. And, and it was it was a pretty quick operation. So yeah. I think it's I think it's a adds a lot to the ease of changing the battery. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think you know it's 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 doable. I, I'm not sure that that was you know has been built into their plan, and I wouldn't buy a GM anyway because they don't support CarPlay. <laughs> oh, there's there's that's right. All it takes is one flaw like that. Yeah, that's a, in my wor- in my world that's a major flaw. I'm not gonna you, buy you a got GM to build your vehicle. Damn car around my iPhone. That's right, exactly. <laughs> you got to realize that's a rolling accessory, buddy. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's funny. Mm. We're all crazy humans with all different kinds of wants, right? Yeah, wants and needs, you know. they uh, you, you look at the wants and needs and you try to target a segment of that that you think you can be really, really <laughs> appealing to, right? Yeah. So, uh, 
Anyway, uh, new public release of iOS 17.1 is tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, they had, uh, well, no, tomorrow, the, the, the new public release was last week. And that, so 17.1 release candidate two came out last week and they're expecting oh. it to be available as a final build to, for everybody tomorrow. That the well, 17.1 will be released tomorrow. Yeah. That's what I was saying. The official yeah. 17.1. Right. Yeah. The way you said it, it, it sounded like you were out, saying, right. yeah, you were saying that the release candidate was coming out tomorrow. It's like, yeah. no, there's been two release candidates now. So they did one. Yeah. They obviously found some things that were not quite right. So they did a second release candidate uh, late last week. And then, uh, and yeah, tomorrow we should see 17.1. So we'll see if it uh, fixes anything. One of the things that it's supposed to fix, I don't know if you've noticed this, but sometimes when I get up in the morning, I go to use my phone and it it won't, it, the face ID doesn't work. I have to log in with my pin code again. Apparently, hmm. uh, phones have been like overnight rebooting. And so then security in the phone says, well, it's rebooted. You have to put your pin code in again. Hmm. I did have that have to do that once. Yeah. yeah. So apparently it's something that's happened. It seems to be more prevalent in the newer phones. Uh so we'll see um see if they uh knock that one out. But anywho, uh one of those regular things we have to put up with. Yeah. As long as it's not too often. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I don't, you say put up with, I actually look forward to because very often oh, release, yeah. you know, the new OS, Good. even yeah. the, the first uh, point upgrades tend to bring features that we didn't have before. It's, it's the second point, like it's 17.1 it, point something else. Those are bug fixes. Yeah. But the yeah. 17 point one, two, three, four, that usually means that we're getting some features that they had talked about that just hadn't been put in in the first release. So, right. um, yeah, what this one is going to bring, I don't know. Let's see. It says uh, it just says new and improved features. Great. Um, yeah. I guess we won't find out till tomorrow. I, I guess I don't know. Yeah, uh, and then you got to be lucky if you hit it just right. Anyhow, uh, next one is that uh, we're going to get a big display for a regular iPad, not the Pro. First, yeah. I've heard of that. So uh, don't have to. If you just if you just want a big iPad, you don't have to uh -huh. go all the way to the Pro and spend as much money. So apparently, there's demand for that. Yeah, well, I think that they're finding sort of like the phone that the pe there's people who want the big screen, but don't yeah, really want, want all the bells and whistles, and certainly don't want to spend all that money. Yep. Uh, so you know, just give me the big screen. It looks like that's on on uh, on tack, right? Um, right. So we'll see. I mean, again, and it, it, you if, know. If this picture is meant to be any meaningful, it, it shows just one little camera thing. So maybe it's, you know, comes with without the uh -huh. nice big fancy camera that you get. Well, the, 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 the basic model has not never had that on the iPad. It just had the one back camera and the one front camera. Uh, now, they did do something interesting in the most recent um, regular iPad, which neither of us have. So we're not. We don't get to see it, but that is that the front camera is no longer on the short side on, uh, on the, so you have to hold it in landscape. It's on right. the long side so that you can hold it in, uh, in, uh, landscape, landscape mode. Right. Yeah. I said landscape the wrong, uh, I meant portrait the first time. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's a landscape device 
for most uses, which I think is makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. Um, yes, I think so. You know, it's one of those things people have commented on with them for a long time. I'm surprised that the pro model doesn't just have one in both places. So you can use it either way, you know? Yeah. You'd think they could do that, right? Just cost money. Yeah. That's the expensive part of the camera though. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's the little 12 megapixel, uh, front facing camera. It's not like the big Mm -hmm. fancy cameras on the back. So, I don't see why they don't stick one on on the both the portrait and landscape modes on the pros, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they come out with this. This is uh, citing industry sources, so they don't really give you specifics. But Digitimes is the one that uh, has said that they think that the uh, a twelve point five inch. Uh, what well, they're saying is they're going to call it the iPad Air. The thing is, is that the iPad, the regular iPad, and the iPad Air now are almost identical. I mean, they both have the flat sides, the more modern design. They have touch mm-hmm. ID instead of face ID, but it's on the power button on the side of the device. So you don't mm-hmm. have to, uh, you know, have a button at the bottom of the screen. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Honestly, the iPad Air to me seems like sort of a lost child now because the regular iPad and the iPad Air are, are, are almost identical. You know, the, I guess the right. iPad Air has the better camera, but it doesn't have some of the updated screen stuff that the pros have, and it doesn't have as fast a processor as the pros have. You know, I, I've kind of lost track of the generational iPad versus the Air versus. Yeah, uh, I thought there was even some other name. Yeah, no. Well, there's there's three levels. There's the basic iPad, which you call the generational iPad, the yeah. iPad Air, and then the iPad Pro. And yeah. the 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 11-inch iPad Pro and the 10.9-inch iPad Air and the basic iPad is also 10.9-inch. They're physically the same size outside because they all fit sort of in the same cases, except that the regular mm-hmm. iPad has uh, a different type of connector on it, so it doesn't it doesn't fit in the same um, smart keyboard. It's, it's a weird design choice there in my mind too. So. Yeah, it's like the iPad Air is like a pro light, and the regular iPad is like an air light. I guess it's sort of the the <laughs> it's supposed to be the, the the scheme, but I don't know. The air, the regular iPad and the air these days are so close to each other that it's it's. I'm not quite yeah. sure. I see a reason for one versus the other. Well, the air used to always be the lightest. That was the goal, right? Well, you know, it was with the laptops, but it hasn't, you know, with the uh, iPads, it really hasn't been. Well, it, I, it, I'm not sure what the significance is. Then. Yeah, air is just like a level that they have. It's not really, and it's always been sort of like the mid-level. It's better than the than the basic iPad, but not quite as good as the Pro iPad. It was sort of that middle chunk. And mm-hmm. they've made the, the basic iPad almost identical to the air now. So it's sort of, huh, you know, you look at it and you go, I I don't know. Hmm. Why am I, why would I pick one over another at this point? You know, I guess the, the current iPad air has an M one in it. The pro has an M two in it and the basic iPad has an a series. I don't remember which one, but it has an a series chip in it. So, so theoretically you have three different levels of computing power um, I think that the Pro is the only one that has the uh, ProMotion high refresh rate, 120 hertz refresh rate. Yeah. 
And it's got a better display. Uh, right. And the Air ha- doesn't have the, the high refresh rate, but it does have the the uh, HDR screen, whereas the basic one I don't think has the HDR screen. So it's not going to have quite the, the color uh, gamut that the, the Air would have. So, I mean, there's some differentiating stuff, but it's the kind of stuff that will the average person even notice? I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you set three of them, to, you know, three three iPads in front of you, and you're looking at them, and one's an Air, one's a a basic iPad, one's the Pro, and you start using it, are you going to care? I, I, you know, the the iPad Pro is the only one that gives you anything over 256 megabytes of storage. So if you got a lot of stuff, I guess you need a bigger one. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I'm sitting with it. Uh, I've got a, a the. Um, iPad Air Gen 4, which is the one before the current one, and it has a A-series chip in it, and it does everything that I've ever wanted it to do. Yeah. You know? It's one of those weird things, because they want to make sure that all of them run the software. You know, you should be able to download sure. an app, and, and, and it shouldn't matter which one you have, So, and, and they want them all to be functional that we're running the software, and these yeah. chips are all bloody fast, so... It's really hard to differentiate. A lot of the differentiation, I think, is is the marketing people. You know, there are well, a few, there's a couple pro apps that they have that said you have to have an M series chip. Now, Apple finally yeah. did come out with like um, uh, Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro on the iPad, and you have to have an M series chip, which means the Pro or the current Air. Yeah, I, I think Apple is. A little confused themselves as to just what they want to do. Yeah. Well, you know, they also go through these weird things where, you know, their laptop lineup or their, or their iPad lineup or their phone lineup doesn't make sense for a while because they're sort of transitioning from one thing to the next. Yeah. And, you know, that's, give them a couple, give them a couple more releases and it'll maybe kind of shake out and become clear where they were going, you know, but I don't know. It's weird right now. Feels, feels wrong right now. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a lot of transitions going on everywhere. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think they're still dealing with um, the fallout, you know, because they work so far in advance. They're still dealing with the fallout of, of production lines having been shut down because of COVID and things like that. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't, I'm not sure they can make everything that they want to make in the numbers that they want to make it right now. And so, you know, and, and since, you know, Tim Cook has been the guy in charge, they keep old stuff in the line for a long time. As long as it's still selling, they just, you know, knock the price down a little bit and say, well, buy last year's model, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And so that just leads to some weird kind of, I think cook will be gone in the year. Options. You think so? I I think he's going to wait until they get the, um, the, uh, well, I guess that would be a year. Yeah. Once they get the the vision pro out. Yeah. 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 Yeah, once that's, that's out that's, and going, I think maybe you're right. Maybe he'll just say okay. But I don't see anything else on the horizon. He was kind yeah. of had his eyes set on something right. in the past, and and I think we know what that something is now. Right. So. I think I don't think he'll be gone in a year. I think he'll start the process. You know how Apple has done it with people like Johnny Ive, kind yeah. of was around for like almost two years, and nobody was really quite sure what he was doing because he was kind of there. And they said, "Well, he was focusing on the building, right?" So he was doing yeah. the new building while his design team was basically doing all the design stuff. And I'm sure he checked in every once in a while. But yeah, and Apple likes to do it that way. They like to do this weird kind of like 
ease people out the door so that nobody's worried, nobody's stressing about how the company's running because he, you know, he's still there. He, you know, he, they, <laughs> yeah, te- technically still has the authority, but he's not doing the day to day, you know, and I can see, you know, in fact, they may have already started that process. But they haven't announced who the guy is that's going to be taking well, that chair. Whether you know, yeah, that that that's all kind of the way it is with just about every company. There are certain <laughs> positions that are really critical to, to sure. companies. Sure, you you just don't want to lose. Uh, yeah, and suddenly everything fall apart because you picked somebody that just. Yeah, well, look at what happened whatever. to Disney, right? They picked a guy to take over. Yeah. And it was a disaster, and they actually ended up talking the, his predecessor into coming back to like save right. us, put things back on an even keel, and yeah. try to find let's try to find somebody else because that guy and, didn't work. And that's not the first time that's happened either. Sure, you know, yeah. There's some some people like uh, you know uh, Steve Jobs that if if Steve had hadn't been you know unhealthy mm-hmm. and uh, everybody knew what was coming and and that. Cook had, you know, adequate long-term experience. Yeah, you know, there was there really weren't any other options. Right. And so, yeah. Uh, well, his illness, yeah. meaning Steve Jobs' illness, was drawn out over a fairly long period of time, and right. so, you know, there was times where he was the acting CEO for a period of time, and it was like, you know, so again, even that wasn't like a somebody was killed in a car accident type of thing where suddenly the next day. It's, right. a, it's a new group or a new person sitting in the in the big chair, right? Um, right. So, yeah, you know, and I think they try real hard, and I think they, especially during their um, events, you know, now that they you see lots of different faces out there, they're trying to show you that it's a team and not just a person, you know, yeah. and so sure. that if any one of them goes away, that things will still be okay. You know, but even at that, when Tim Cook took over, there were several executive VPs who left the company, you know, in mm-hmm. fairly short order because they were like, well, I didn't get picked um, or I don't like the way he's doing things. He's not doing things the way or, Steve or, did. You know, I had Steve's ear, but I don't seem to have Tim's ear, so I'm not going to stay or, here anymore. Or, or they knew personally that there was something between uh, themselves and the, the new leader that wasn't going to work. Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah, you know, you feel like you've got sort of the ear and the and the confidence of the guy who's there, and then a new guy comes in, and you don't feel like you have that anymore. And yep. so it's like, well, then I don't know that I want to keep doing this kind of thing, you know? Yep. You know, and let's face it, these guys are all so well compensated that they don't have to keep doing anything if they don't want to. So right. you know, if it's not uh, to their liking, they'll just go find something else to do. Yep. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You're right. Um, you know, I hadn't really thought of it in terms of a year, but you're right. It's we're going to probably start seeing in the next year or two. I, you know, well, I, I think it'll it'll be announced sometime summer next year. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I was just like, how old is Tim Cook now? He's sixty, mid sixties, sixty two. He's sixty two, right? Yeah, so he's not that old. Um, you know, in Shoot terms it. of like executives. Shoot, he'd be considered the young guy if he was running for president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I retired at sixty, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. But most of the world retires around sixty five ish. Um yeah. you know. So he might hang in there for a while longer. Again, this is a guy who's been compensated incredibly well, so he may also just say, you know what, I, I 
this is, it's hard work doing this every day. And although I'm used to doing it every day, I don't have to keep doing this. You know, he may go on a vacation and go, you know, that was kind of nice. It was kind of nice to be on vacation. <laughs> hmm. Well, there's also guys who go on vacation and can't wait to get back. You know? True. Yeah. And, and honestly, I don't, you know, I don't know how, how he is in terms of that. Like, you know, you got to think at some point, some people go like, it's, it's a chore to be in at work every day at some point. And if it is, yeah. then that's when it's time to move on. Right. Yeah, I think Jobs was that way. He he would have worked until he died. Regardless. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think he that he could think of nothing better to be doing with his time than being there trying to make Apple the best company he could make it. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. his attitude, and absolutely. Yeah, he he, yeah. he if, if he had not gotten ill, he would have he died in the CEO chair. You know. Um, yeah. So. Okay, I found a an article regarding AI and, and Apple. It says as soon as next year that they might deliver some kind of a called it generative AI. It means it creates a picture or a text or something as a result of your query or your inputs. Uh-huh. So, uh, but it generates something, and uh, I don't know. That it's, <laughs> a correct uh, answer to my question would be nice if <laughs> it's going to generate anything. Unlike, yeah. unlike some of the current um, AIs that are out there, yeah. Anyway, I I did read. Uh, I put this in after I had also read through several other articles. There was one that was saying that already uh, Hollywood has now used AI of a previous person that was in some of their uh, commercials and. Uh, use his own mm-hmm. voice to train the, the new device so yeah. that they can there's, make new things now. There's been quite a few things like that. It's not just been commercials. There was uh, a full documentary uh, about the actor Val Kilmer who had throat cancer and can no longer speak. And uh-huh. uh, they he, he, using his old movies, worked with a company to train an AI to basically do his voice. And so uh-huh. he narrates the entire movie, but it's not him, it's the AI. And, uh, he also, in the last Tom Cruise, um, um, uh, Top Gun movie, he was in the original and they had him as a retired colonel in this one. And they had him speaking to Tom Cruise in a couple, uh, scenes, which he can't do. And Uh that was also his AI voice doing that. And it sounds just like he did when he was, you know, able to speak in his movies. Um, they also did that very controversially with, um, um, uh, celebrity chef Anthony Bourdain uh, in the movie Roadrunner, which was about his life. They used a lot of clips from uh, his shows and stuff to narrate the movie, but there were some they couldn't find him saying things that they wanted him to say, and so they used an AI-generated version of his voice to to finish the narration. And yeah. that one was very controversial because a lot of people said, well, you didn't ask him if you could do that, you know, and you're putting words into his mouth. Like, well, they said it was benign stuff. Either way, they did it. And you couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. Well, the other one is uh, about three or four down, four down, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, AI voices are getting out of hand, according to lawmakers, and mm-hmm. they are pushing a no fakes act. Now, I, exactly how that'll come out, I don't know, but it's, it's a, a lot of concern about AI from all different perspectives, and and a lot of it has to do with people complaining about not, you know, uh, mm-hmm. being uh, 
Maybe this guy is dead, that first one I was talking about, because it doesn't identify the individual. You, mm-hmm. you, you named several people, but yeah, could have been I named one of several, them or whatever. One, well, I named one, some but, of them, and one of them is still alive and could approve it, but one of them wasn't. You know? Yeah. And, and so, so, you know, if they did, if they, they can do this from past voices, they can go back and get, you know, lots sure. and lots of movies and stuff like that to train uh-huh. your device. And use people that are no longer alive, but had their interesting voices, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, no pay nobody a royalty. See, that's the whole well, idea. Yeah, pay nobody royalties, or also have them say things that they maybe wouldn't have said because they're not yeah. here to make that choice anymore. Yeah. Somebody else is deciding what they're going to say. So, so all of that will go into what they mean by no fakes. You know, yeah. as to whether you just how sure. you write those laws. Yeah, how do you but write the I, laws? And when it gets when they get to be so good, how do you know that it is a fake? That's you know, true because they're getting yeah. to the point where they're they're exceptionally good quality fakes, you know. And I yeah. mean, like you and I, I mean, we've got hundreds of episodes of this podcast out there. You know, anybody could go in and use that <clears throat> to train a, an AI to uh, to be us. Sure, you know, and and right now there's no laws saying that they even have to ask us to do it. Yep. Yep. So I know I know somebody out there is in love with my voice, Todd. I'm sure. <laughs> they just got to remember to get the. <clears throat> In there every so often. That's right. If, if, it does, if it doesn't have the grunt, it's not going to work. <laughs> we, we won't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's, it presents a lot of issues because it can, um, you know, they can, with, with faked voices, they can now have people, you know, present evidence of somebody saying something that they didn't say. And yeah. so it becomes very important for us to be able to, identify these things but the problem is is they they're getting to the point where they're good enough that you can't so then that means that you can't use you know a voice recording as evidence anymore yeah yeah i i I don't know you know the people that are in the justice departments got to understand that problem really well and uh, they could feed information to legislation that they'd like you know yeah yeah so I don't know. It's a, it's a crazy world. Yeah, it's well, getting crazier by the minute. Sure, and the tools, the tools to do this are are getting to the point where it's like, you know, anybody could sit down and and train an AI to say things in somebody's voice in a matter of minutes, and then have it speaking, you know, and saying whatever yeah. you want it to say. It doesn't well, take it doesn't take a you know an engineer you know, months to get this to happen. I mean, it, it happens, you know, you know as and, we speak. And, and with regards to artificial intelligence, I've talked in uh, in various groups, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of people who still think that that's being programmed in the same way that you write regular programs. And I keep yeah. telling them it has to do with the database. Yeah. How do you train it? You know, yeah. what's that training database? Yeah. And, yeah, you can... You know, but that's not programming. That's a different thing, and I want you to understand that. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because well, it's, it's a it's an AI uh, engine basically that right. says I know how you know the input and output to that engine may be converted to text in order sure. to you know make facilitate it, but ultimately uh, it's it's text or or something like that, and mm-hmm. all you do is uh, take and digitally sample the voice and convert it to some kind of
Yeah, you hit your mute button there for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you came back, but... Yeah. Yeah. So the... um uh, yeah, that, I think what a lot of people, you know, don't realize is nobody's explicitly writing code for it to do this. What you do is you create a, a, uh, a basic engine that then, uh, like you said, you, you point it at a specific database or pile of data, which it then, uh, takes in and, and uses to then create something. And the, you know, you can, in the creating of that engine, Say I want it to to kind of do things this way or that way, so you can you know create what are what people would call I guess biases within the way the engine works. But once you once you set about training the engine, it decides how it's going to to um, uh, proceed with that stuff. So it's you know that you you hear people sometimes on on TV saying, "Well, and they don't even know how it works." Well. They do, but they don't know the specifics. They know that they know the rules that they set in place for it to do things, but they don't know specifically, uh, you know, how it's deciding to within those rules do it because you've set it up to, you know, so, so that, you know, there's a level of coding, but it's, but, but once you've got an AI written, then it sort of hands off, you know, you let it then scan through the data and then use that data. And that's why sometimes the stuff that comes out is, is a little um, uh, surprising. It's unexpected because, because you know you've you've created you've sort of created the the framework, and then you let it fill in the the details. Mm-hmm. Generative, yeah, whatever it's, yeah, what the output is. Yeah. Yeah, and and it can be doing both simultaneously. It can be learning more stuff, you know, as it goes, and it can also learn from its own generated stuff. And that's the that's the key, is that the stuff that they that it generates goes into the database that it then learns from, which is where sometimes things have gone wonky, you know, uh, because they, it'll go down rat holes, you know, <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll start cycling on wrong information at times. Um, so <laughs> not unlike people sometimes when the data that they're given is, is flaky, they'll go down wormholes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, your personal experiences are your collection of data. Yeah. And everybody has a different collection. Mhm. Right. Well, we yeah, and what we've shown repeatedly is is that people tend to be attracted to things that are um reaffirming their their initial gut feelings so that we we tend to 
uh, we tend to we tend to put more weight on the things that that back up what we already thought we knew. You know, so so we all end up feeling like we're an expert on something because everything we've read says that we're right. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You didn't read half the stuff. Well, it's because that stuff wasn't reliable. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I thought it was reliable because it backed up what I thought, which is different than what you thought. You know, <laughs> thus Congress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Lies. Damn lies. And. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's true of whichever party you happen to be with, you know, backing. And again, you tend to, you know, listen, there's the confirmation bias, right? It's the stuff that, that, that uh, confirms things that you already sort of felt and, and believed anyway. And so you just, that's the stuff you tend to gravitate towards and give more weight to, you know, in your mind. So, yeah, I don't know. We need to do a reset. Flush everybody's memories. Start from zero. <laughs> reset the um, was it? Uh, reset the um, uh, the simulation. Right? Is it uh, Musk? Is the one who, who one of the guys who had said we're living in a simulation? <laughs> so anyway. Apple says to be prepping a foldable iPad for next year. And, you know, I was thinking about this. The more I think about it, the more I think that I could see Apple saying, we're not going to do a foldable iPhone. doesn't make sense to us. But an iPad might, you know. And so I could see them doing that, you know, coming out with the new. And maybe that's what the difference is going to be. The Pro iPads are going to be the foldable ones, so they have bigger screens. And then the Air now becomes the top and flat iPad, and then they have the basic iPad. And so that's maybe where they're going in this differentiation line that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but if you're making, you know, you want a bigger screen, because there's rumors there's going to be a bigger screen, a bigger screen is unwieldy. So make a bigger screen that folds in half, you know? And I can see them saying, well, when you put it in a certain mode, you unfold it halfway. Now it's basically a laptop with a glass keyboard down below. You know? So, I mean, there's lots of ways that a foldable iPad could be used. Yeah. Yeah. Which goes back to my, when you have a keyboard and pointing device attached, why doesn't the stupid thing run Mac OS 2? But, you know, or as well. Uh, and... uh you know, maybe we'll get there. I don't know. These Apple guys, they seem to have ideas. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and they have very specific ideas about things that they want to do and how things are supposed to work and how different products interact, you know. And obviously they're, you know, wrong because they're not listening to me and my confirmation biases, which say that clearly <laughs> it should. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am waiting for the day. Um, I have no doubt that it'll eventually come, but it's just they're just not ready for it. They're not ready to do it yet. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of the rumor is that it's going to be first quarter. So, uh, you know, first quarter doesn't mean, even, you know, they kind of shut down over the holidays. So it'll be the end of the first quarter it, or, you know, if they do it in the first quarter. And I think they would probably like to do it because usually the end of the second quarter is when they're doing their um, their developers conference. And so sort of, you know, between Christmas and the developers conference in June is about the right time, I think, probably. So... So, yeah, so they're doing some some ideas, uh, or maybe, well, go ahead. Right. You're talking about the weight. You cut yourself off there again, so I didn't hear all of that. But you said the the weight was what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, they were kind of heavy. In fact, all the people who tried them on at the at the WWDC, that was one of the things they said was a little chunky. Yeah, I can't wait to get something that'll give me more neck strain. That's what I don't have enough of in my life. Well, specifically for those who wear glasses that like, you know, they because they've they've said very clearly and very specifically starting at thirty five hundred dollars. And the implication has been that if you need to get special lenses made for this thing, that you have to pay extra for that and that those will then be inserted into the headset, which means that then somebody else can't really like try your headset out because you're going to have your lenses in them. It didn't it didn't make it sound like they were easily put in and out. Maybe that's something they're going to rethink. Right. Yeah, that's what they're saying that yeah, no, you're going to have to get prescription lenses ground to go into these things, and then they magnetically attach inside. They've already said that. So so if you wear prescription glasses, there's an additional fee on top of the $3,500 to get the lenses ground for your, for your specific use, you know, which is a bit of a pain. Yeah, well... Yeah, but that's also why they they snap in magnetically, they said, so that you can pop them back out pretty easily to sell the device without the lenses. Uh, And if you need a new prescription, you just get some new lenses just like you'd get new glasses made. But that's a significant cost. I mean, that's an extra few hundred dollars, uh, you know, to get – I mean, anybody who's bought glasses knows that's – that's. I mean, granted, there's a ridiculous markup in frames – but even then, it's, you know, even without the frames involved, it just getting the lenses done is a couple hundred bucks. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, obviously there has to be something that holds the magnet so that it clicks in, right? So... Yeah, everything I've read says that that's just a no-go, at least for the, as, as they were currently designed. You know, the people that tried them on said, no, you, they had to take their glasses off. And that what they had during the testing was uh, a couple different lenses that they could pop in for people that were, like, close to prescriptions. So it wasn't exactly your prescription, but it would at least give you a, uh, you know, a, a workable set of lenses. Because uh, wearing glasses was just not going to happen. So... You know, it's like, yeah, we'll demo it to anybody, any of the the journalists that are here, as long as none of you wear glasses, or if you do wear glasses, you're wearing contacts, because that's the other solution, right? Is contacts for people who wear contacts. Well, there were a couple other things that you'd put in there. You skipped over some, but yeah. So um, this one is Mark Gurman, who's usually pretty good about, you know, having an inside line as to things that when things are going to happen. And there have been several things, people saying there was going to be no events at all for the rest of the year. But now Gurman comes out on Monday today and says, well, wait a minute, I think. And usually if he says something like this, it's it's based on information that he got from people who have, you know, some knowledge of what's going on. And so end of October, it wouldn't be the last, the first time that Apple's done something. They've done things as late as like the, you know, first or second week of November even. So, you know, I can see them maybe doing something. It's interesting that it's Mac stuff though, because he also, uh, today put out a note that iPads won't come out until March. So new iPads will come out theoretically about the same time as the vision pro. That seems odd that they would want, you know, I don't think they would want anything to steal any thunder from the Vision Pro. So, yeah, maybe not. But it just seems odd that they would, you know, maybe the Vision Pro would steal thunder from the iPads. But maybe at this point they feel like iPads are such a um, commodity type of item that they're just, they're not even an event type of item. They're just, you know, a news release. Like the, like the pencil that came out last week, which was so odd. Maybe. Yeah, I think well, that the, the, a lot of the Mac sales, um, you know, I mean, there's people who buy computers just when they need them. But, I mean, all of the fanboys jumped on board and bought a whole bunch of stuff when the M1 came out. I think a lot of those people didn't adopt the M2 because there wasn't a huge leap. And so they're, and so they're waiting for the M3. And so maybe if these come out and they have the M3 chips in them, people will go, okay, now I'm going to buy them again. You know? So. Right. Yeah. It's spatial computing. Right. Yeah. So it's, 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 
you know, I mean, supposedly it has an M2 in it, right? Yeah. Be interesting to see too if they, if they have M3, uh, max out before the end of the year and then they put out the Vision Pro at the beginning of next year and they're still using the M2 and not an M3. You know? That would be, I guess, not, not unacceptable, but just surprising. So, although honestly, people waiting for an M3, it'd be interesting to see what they, I, I'm interested to see what the M3 really is because they're showing that the, the difference between the, uh, last iPhone and this current iPhone, which has the new, uh, process on which the M3 would be built, you know, they went to the three nanometer process was not a huge leap forward. Like some of the, uh, process shrinks have been in the past, you know, I mean, it's faster and it's, Supposedly runs cooler, but it's not a not a big leap forward. Yeah, I wonder if maybe they're running it at a slower um, uh, uh, cycle speed, you know, and so it's it uses less energy. They don't need as much. They get you know better battery and stuff with a smaller battery and things like that. Yeah. Exactly, you know, and but as a result, they're getting some improvement in in speed, but not a lot, you know. And that's not to say that when they come out with the M3, they may make different choices and say, no, we're going to run it as fast or faster, and we'll see a big jump in speed. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Like I said, I'm just curious to see what what the uh, what's going to be in them. But it's interesting that German says this because he's usually pretty good about this stuff. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you need to explain it. And also, I think sometimes they like to just create some hype around it, you know, which they're particularly good at doing. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's he's talking about a fairly large number of devices getting upgraded, but that mostly they're not getting redesigned. They're just getting new new chips. So, yeah. Ah, so release a whole bunch of new stuff right before that. Huh? November 2nd, that's my flight day. I'm going to be with you. Hey, that's something we should probably talk about with the show, too. I guess we're going to do the show uh uh in the same facility, whether we're, we're sitting in the same room or not, but I make sure I'll bring all my stuff with me so that I can, we can still do it. Cause, uh, the next two weeks, instead of, uh, talking to each other from opposite coasts, we're going to be, uh, yeah, we're going to be under one roof <laughs> broadcasting together, which will be, um, different. We haven't done that in, well, I think we did it once before, once before when I was visiting, we did it, you know, I forget we've been doing this for three years. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, I remember one time over the holidays I was visiting and, and we did it. Um, I, I remember sitting in another, we ended up sitting in separate rooms. We decided that was the better way to do it so we could isolate the voices. And, uh, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what works out best for us. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe experiment a little bit. So, uh, I'm looking forward to that. So, so 
obviously you you got a new laptop and have no interest in uh in any of the any of the new mac stuff coming out other than just peripheral um iPads might be interesting, especially if they do that foldable one. You've been talking about maybe upgrading your iPad for a while. So. Mm -hmm. Right, which they talked about. Can you imagine if it was a 16-inch that folded in half? So it would be basically the size of a regular iPad when it's folded, so it's much easier to carry around. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, holding it up while you're reading, you know, that's it's getting to be it's already the big one's kind of a heavier device, you know. And so, uh although if you could kind of hold it like a book, hold it in, in landscape mode so that you could read you know, down the right and then down the left or, you know, I, there's lots of interesting things that that opens up by putting a fold in it. So we just have to see how that, uh, how that shakes out, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It almost, it, it sounds like, you know, you could run it software un- unchanged, but then there would be, you know, just like when you write, write software for an app uh, or an app for the iPad, you know, you have to set it up so that it could be used on the iPad mini, the standard iPad, or up to the iPad pro, the large one. So, you know, now they just add another option, you know, it'd be those three, three different sizes. Plus you also have the fold option, which means that you could then do a split page on, you know, half and half. And so you can, you know, so some apps will have to be updated to support that, that format if they want to, you know, or you run one app on one side, one on the other. You can do that right now on your iPad. And in fact, right now on the iPad, the 12.9 inch iPad, I'm pretty sure that if you do like you split it in landscape mode, that one side is the same side as the original iPad is the same size. It's like a 9.8 inches or something like that. So. Oh, the uh, yes, I want to say sidecar, but that's not right. No, say sta- something stage, something stage. It was side stage. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember the names of all these things. You know, when they first came out with that, they had it on both the iPad and on the Mac. And I ran it on the Mac for about uh, two weeks and I just got tired of it. It was like, nope, I don't like that. Don't want that stuff over there. And too often the way it collapsed things into the icons on the left side and brought things back wasn't what I expected. You know, when you're doing something and and you minimize things down, because you could you could minimize not just an app but a collection of apps over there. But but it was not clear to me center stage. No, that's the one where the camera follows you. Um, but it 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 was never clear to me when I was going to get just an app shrunk down or when I was going to get the whole screen shrunk down. And it's, and it just you know when you're using a feature and it doesn't consistently react the way you expect it to. And I gave it a couple weeks thinking, well, maybe I'll get used to it and kind of get a feel for how this, and it, it 
constantly was annoying me because it wasn't quite what I wanted, you know, and I already had the, um, the ability to put the icon bar across the bottom and, and, you know, minimize and maximize every app that I have. So, and I could see which ones were running by the dots underneath them. So I just preferred that interface. It was what I was used to and it was consistent. It worked the way I expected it to. Stage manager. Okay, that's it. Stage manager. Yeah. And so I basically stepped away from stage manager. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's like I said, it's it's one thing when it doesn't do what you think it should. You know, that's like get over yourself. That it works the way it works. But when it doesn't work, you know, from time as you're using as you expect it to each time. You know, it's like, okay, I, you, you can argue about like, okay, it, it, it's interface isn't what I like, but, but I, I think it's pretty unequivocal that if you, when you're using something, it, it continually behaves in an unexpected manner, then you go, that's not something I can get used to. Now, unexpected is still my issue. It's not center stage's issue. I get that. You know, I'm the one who's, who's causing the, the problems here, but, uh, it, um, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I I just turned stage manager back on. I went in and looked at it and it immediately, you know, cleared my screen of everything and gave me little little icons on the left-hand side. Um I will say that now, and this is interesting because it they now cover up the uh widgets that I put along the left-hand side. So, in the most recent version of iOS, you're allowed to put widgets on your desk, you know, on your desktop as sort of in the background there. Um and so I've got like my um um, uh, reminders list. I've got a calendar widget that shows me the time and the date. Also says, you know, you know, battery. If you're, if, well, no, it's sitting there, but now it's sitting over the top of it. So like the calendar one, I can't, I can't see what's underneath it. You know, I have to go to the calendar and look and see. So, uh, it shows your sister's birthday. It also says that this morning when I got up, if I wanted to look outside, I could have seen Venus in the morning says that we're recording Generation Tech. You know, that's on my calendar today. Uh, but I have to kind of look and peek and see. Tomorrow, the Lakers open the NBA season versus the Nuggets. 4.30 my time. Um, so, go Lakers. Uh, you know, I've got a clock. I've got the weather. I've got several different widgets up here. And uh, and now the, the uh, stage manager icons sit over the top of that. So, I can't read the, the left half of the widget. <laughs> because because this thing is blocking it so um yeah i don't i don't think i'll keep that on i think it's not something i want but uh 
you know, it wasn't the end of the world. I may turn it back on and try it again. I'm just going to have to move my uh, my widgets to somewhere else, you know, put them along the bottom or something. So, but I've got a big screen in front of me, and I put my widgets on the left side so that I could then put screens everywhere else, you know, windows everywhere else. So I've got, you know, multiple open app windows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got a bunch of folders on mine too, although I do use the um the uh collections or whatever. Now I'm just trying to remember what they call that. The uh um cleanup. No, stacks, that's it. Use stacks. So I've got them everything stacked, but that still gives me two columns of icons along the right-hand side. On the left-hand side, I have my widgets, and in between, I put any open windows that I'm working with. So, but, uh, you know, it's funny because this is, I'm essentially running off of a laptop that I'm using as a desktop right now. So when I take it off of this and then I go to use it on my lap, I've got so much stuff that it just, it all piles on top of each other because that screen is significantly smaller. (laughs) So... Yeah, yeah, they have standard ones, right? They have PDFs, they have um, screenshots. I do screenshots of things a lot. I do uh, Command-Shift-F4 and drag to copy things. Anytime I get like a confirmation number or something like that, I copy it, and there it's on my desktop. So I can go find it if I need to get that confirmation number back. (laughs) You just opened, expanded one of them and filled your entire screen, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah, I I knew what you did because I've done that. And then you're like overwhelmed. If you look where the spot where the original icon was and you click on that again, it'll shrink them all back down into that stack. Um, I think you can also go up to the um, if you're, you know, click on the background so that you're in Finder up at the top. You can go back up in the menu and shrink them back down, too. But, yeah, it's a little overwhelming when they suddenly open up and you find out you've got thousands and thousands of screenshots that you probably could throw away most of them, right? Yeah, because I know, like I said, minor confirmation numbers and things like that. And it's like I don't need a confirmation number from something that I, you know, had shipped to me four years ago. But it's still there on my desktop. <laughs> so we about ready to call it. I think we went through the whole list. We... Appreciate you all being here. Thanks for joining us on Generation Tech. And we'll be back again next week. Yeah, that's right. So we'll see you. I'll see you on Thursday. Bye, everybody. <laughs>